Okay, good morning everybody. Okay, today's uh, meditation subject is mindfulness of breathing. And we can practice mindfulness of breathing. Wait uh, until I settle down first. There are two stages of uh, practicing mindfulness of breathing, anapanasati. One is through pure concentration, samatha. Second is using anapanasati, we practice vipassana or insight. However, to practice both concentration and insight within a day is impossible. So today, I will just recommend you to practice pure concentration. We call samatha, yanika, huh? pure concentration. And to practice pure concentration, we only have one object. The mind must stay with one object only, which is our breath, in-breath and out-breath. So, please remember, today we are practicing pure concentration using in-breath and out-breath only. And this uh, subject, this meditation subject is called Mindfulness of Breathing, Anapanasati. So when you breathe in and out, your mind is aware of the breath. May I ask you who have practiced this before? Anapanasati? Okay. Do you follow the breath? Or you stay? Who follow the breath? So you're practicing Anapanasati following the breath. Okay. Which I want you to change. In order to practice, in order to achieve good concentration, you should not follow the breath. Then, where to keep your awareness? Under the nostril. In the Anapanasati Sutta, Buddha say, keep the awareness in front of you. So you should not follow the in-breath up to the head or down to the abdomen. You can use your reasoning to think. If you allow your mind to follow up and down, how can you develop deep concentration? Because your mind is moving up and down, right? So if you, have to, if you want to make further progress, in your meditation or, or if you want to make further progress in your concentration, you should not follow the breath. And when I give a talk on this Anapanasati, asking the student, keep the awareness under the nostril. And one of the audience told me, he, has, he had he has been reading the book 
about Anapanasati in, in USA many, many times from different sources of the book. None of the book say that, none of the teachers say that keeping the awareness under the nostril. So he was so shocked to hear I say keeping the awareness under the nostril. And I was even more shocked than him by knowing him, by, know, by knowing that he never known to keep the awareness just under the nostril, don't follow the breath. So from what from my conversation with him, I roughly know, you know, many medita meditators following the breath, which is not recommended. Okay, so for today, you have to change your way of observation, keeping your awareness under the nostril or in front of you. Okay, then mindfully breathe in, mindfully breathe out. Nah, keeping here. So when you pay attention to the breath, in breath and out breath here, the air may touch us somewhere. Maybe right nostril, outside, yeah? not inside. Right nostril or left nostril. If you can feel the air touches somewhere, then keep your awareness on that touching point. That is how it helps to anchor your mind. Not to follow the breath up to the head or down to the abdomen. But for some meditators, they feel difficult to feel the touching point. Then forget the touching point. Just keep your awareness under the nostril, aware you are breathing in and breathing out is also enough for this practice. Is it clear? Okay. Then I want to ask you another question. Who is aware of the breath? When you observe the breath, huh? when you observe the in-breath and out-breath, who is observing the breath? Can you answer me? Hmm? I. Okay. The mind. The mind. Some more? Some more answer? I'm trying to teach you more precisely. Who is observing the breath? Mindfulness is aware of the breath. Okay? Mind is also correct, but not precise enough. Huh? Mindfulness is aware of the breath. That's why this subject is called mindfulness of breathing, precisely. So what is the meaning of mindfulness? Mindfulness is very popular in USA. Huh? They even use mindfulness to cure the stress, stress reduction. You know? So may I ask you, what is the meaning of mindfulness? Another meaning of mindfulness is not forgetful. Very easy. Huh? Not forgetful is the meaning of mindfulness. So when you're practicing in-breath and out-breath, mindfulness does not forget the breath. 
This is the practice. Very easy. Huh? If you can understand, then you will know how to practice. Mindfulness will not forget the breath. Who is aware of the breath? Mindfulness is aware of the breath. And mindfulness will not forget the breath. This is the whole practice. Okay. So while you are observing, while mindfulness is observing of the breath, huh? don't think that mindfulness as I, as you say. Right? If you think that mindfulness of the breath is I, then the mind grabs the breath as I, my, myself, that cause a lot of tension in your head. Because of that grasping as I. Because of that grasping as my breath. For those who have tension here and there while practicing mindfulness of breath, mostly due to grasping. So first you must understand mindfulness just aware of the breath. So while mindfulness is aware of the breath, don't grasp, grasp the breath as I mind myself. Huh? Just aware, knowing, aware or know the breath, that is enough. So when mindfulness is aware or know the breath, the process must be very pleasant, right? Because you are not grasping with I, mind, myself. So the process of awareness of the breath is very pleasant one. If it is unpleasant to you, there is something wrong with you. Because the attitude, your attitude is not correct. You try to grasp, grasp, grasp the breath as I, my, or you put too much effort to make the breath clear. That is very unpleasant. So just simply uh, keep your awareness, keep the mindfulness on the in-breath and out-breath under the nostril and mindfully breathe in, breathe out. Mentally you can say, uh, mindfully uh, breathing in and breathing out, breathing in and breathing out. This is called preparation, preparation of the mind. So you must know so that you know how to be aware of the breath correctly with right attitude. Okay? Secondly, when you breathe in, breathe out, after five minutes or within few minutes, you feel that the mind is so difficult to calm down, to settle down on the breath. Then you should use counting method. Count the breath. Breathing in, breathing out, one. Breathing in, breathing out, two. Count up to eight. Then come back again, count again, up to eight. If you count um, until four, the mind going somewhere else. And you don't know, forget the number. What's the following number? <laughs> come back to one again. Huh? Don't think, uh, what's the number? If you think, what's the number? This is called restlessness. Immediately go back to the one, then count again. Counting the breath is very useful for settling down the mind on the breath. So count, okay? Then the third point, uh, after 20 minutes or half an hour, 
if you are not regular practitioner, huh, then unpleasant sensation may arise here and there, on the leg, on the shoulder, huh, on the back, and so on. So the moment you know there's unpleasant sensation arise in your body, what is your reaction? May I know what is your reaction? Your mind. Okay, how is your mind? Is your mind avert to the pain or not? Yes. Huh? Yes. Okay. If your mind avert to the pain, this means your mindfulness on the breath is your mindfulness on the breath breaks. Right? When your mindfulness on the breath breaks, your concentration is not developing. Because now you have many objects. You have pain, you have unpleasant as your object now. So your mindfulness on the breath is bricks. And remember, today we are practicing pure mindfulness of the breath. Accept the breath. Nothing, no object. You should not pay attention you should not pay attention to any object if you want to develop deep concentration. Therefore, uh, when you know after half an hour, when you know some unpleasant sensation have arisen in the body, try to ignore that unpleasant sensation. You may not be able to understand how to ignore the unpleasant sensation which is so prominent. Huh? But mind is very powerful. Right? Uh, in my last retreat, I instructed my student to ignore the pain. Because if you pay attention to the pain, your concentration on the breath breaks. So no further concentration can be developed. So he listened to me. Huh? My student listened to me, then he ignored the pain. After that, when he ignored the pain, then he reported to me. I never understand. Pain can be ignored. Only now I understand pain can be ignored. Then, because of that, I can sit for three hours. To develop deep concentration, you have to sit long enough. Just like hatching the eggs, uh, the hen, hatch, hatching the eggs, you must keep the eggs warm enough in order to let the, the chicken come out from the, the cell. If not warm enough, then the chicken cannot be successfully hatched, right? Similarly, if you want to go into deep concentration, you must sit long in order for the concentration to develop deeply. And your mindfulness on the breath must be continuous. So whatever thoughts come, whatever unpleasant sensation arise from your body, you must learn 
not to pay attention to them. Ignore them. How to ignore them? Go back to your breath. Go back to your breath. Huh? For example, when you breathe in, breathe out, breathe in, breathe out, you know the pain arises on the body. Just know. Quickly come back to the breath. Huh? Breathing in, breathing out. You know the thought arises. No, quickly go back to the breath. Then breathing in, breathing out, breathing in, breathing out. Another thought arises. No, quickly come back to the breath. You don't have to note the thought. Uh, thinking, thinking, thinking. Not necessary. Huh? Immediately come back to the breath. And when there's a pain, as long as your mind is well concentrated on the breath, the pain will not affect you. It is because your mind is not fully concentrated on the breath that the pain affects you. All these are very important points for you to make progress in your practice. So, learn how to ignore it. Even our emotions. When the emotion arises in the mind, know, go back to the breath. Then the emotion will not affect you. So know how to avert your attention back to the breath is very useful even in your daily life. Okay, so this is another important point. Huh? So the whole sitting, in the whole sitting except breath, you should not pay attention to any other objects, although they are very prominent. If you do, if you, if the mindfulness lift the breath, you must understand your concentration is breaking. Your concentration breaks. When the concentration breaks, then you cannot develop good concentration. Because you develop, you cannot develop good concentration. You will never know how to appreciate. The peace, the bliss come from concentrated mind. Okay? Is it clear to you? Okay. So, now we come to another second stage. Huh? Mindfulness of breathing. When you breathe in, breathe out, breathe in, breathe out. If you are advanced meditator, you should be able to notice the whole breath. Sometimes the breath is short, sometimes it's long. What it means, long and short breath? When it takes a longer duration to finish the whole in-breath, it's called long in-breath. If it takes a shorter duration to finish the whole in-breath, it's called short in-breath. Similarly, if it takes longer duration to finish the whole out-breath, it's called uh, long out breath. So this in and short, uh, sorry, long and short of in breath and out breath refers to the duration of the time when you breathe in and breathe out. Don't purposely make the breath long or short. Everything must come naturally, not intentionally. Uh, so when the breath is very subtle, you know it is subtle. 
you don't have to make it clear. Subtle breath produce deep concentration. If the breath is very gross, very rough, very clear, then you cannot go into deep concentration. Okay? Okay. Then, when it's long and when the breath is long or short, you just know it. You don't have to do anything. What you have to do is just aware, aware, constantly awareness of the breath. Don't forget the breath. Mindfulness means not forgetful the breath. Okay. Then another point is uh, somebody, they try to recognize the breath through the cold and warm of the breath, which I do not recommend. Don't pay attention to the cold or warm of the breath. Just know the flowing of the breath, going out and coming, going in and coming out. Don't pay, oh, the warm, the breath is cold, warm, no. Huh? Just know in-breath and out-breath. It's a, a process only. Okay? Okay. Then coming to walking meditation. Since we are going to practice pure concentration, so when you walk, don't pay attention to the movement of the leg. Don't do lifting, pushing, stepping. Huh? No for today. If you want to make progress, but if you do want to listen to me, it's also up to you. <laughs> okay? I'm helping you only to do correctly what is pure concentration practice. Okay? So you can, because the place is very small, so we have to walk slow using the breath. Huh? So Synchronize your breath with the step. When you're lifting, breathe in. Huh? Lifting, breathe in. Pay attention to the breath, not the leg. Okay? Then stepping down, breathe out. Then again, lifting, breathe in. Stepping down, synchronize. Huh? Because I cannot synchronize the word, so I got to. <laughs> lifting, no, no. So, okay, you pay attention to the Breathing, the foot is lifting. Huh? Breathing, uh, breathe, uh, breathing in, then breathing out. Breathing in, breathing out. Breathing in, breathing out. Don't pay attention to the movement of the leg. Instead, pay attention to the breath. Is it clear? You try. It's very good to develop concentration. So if you walk using the breath, it means that your mindfulness on the breath is continuous without break. And when you come down to sit, you also continue paying attention on the breath. This means that the continuous paying attention on the breath produces concentration. So you should be able to concentrate, concentrate very quickly. But if during the sitting, you pay attention on the breath, and during the walking, you pay attention on the leg, then your concentration on the breath is uh, breaks here and there. And when you come to sit, you have to build up the new concentration on the breath again. How are you going to make good progress? 
Does it make sense? Okay. So, during walking, eating also, try to concentrate on the breath. If you do not concentrate on your breath, huh, and your mind will delight, uh, will take delight while eating on the food. You, you will like the food and a lot of craving great arise in the mind. And after that, you come and sit again, you have to start again. Uh, you got to start again, your, your effort had to start again with the breath. So whether you are sitting, walking, standing, eating, going toilet, just pay attention on the breath. Don't forget the breath. Mindfulness means not forgetful on the breath. Okay, so this is the instruction for today. Is it clear to you? Okay, if it's clear, let's practice now. We recite Namo Tassa three times. Take homage to the Buddha first. Namo Tassa Bhagavatu Arahatu Sama Sambuddhasa Namo Tassa Bhagavatu Arahatu Sama Sambuddhasa Namo Tassa Bhagavatu Arahatu Sama Sambuddhasa Today, I will talk about. Can you hear me? I think the mic problem. This. This thing. This thing. This thing. This thing. Testing. Oh, okay. 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 Today, uh, I will talk about how to use mindfulness of breathing to achieve jhana. You know jhana? Absorption huh? and inside knowledge. How to use mindfulness of breathing to achieve jhana and insight knowledge first we talk about how to achieve jhana first and Buddha taught this uh, mindfulness of breathing in four foundations of mindfulness and also in Anapanna Sati Sutta to practice this uh, Anapanna Sati Sutta up to Jhana state. There are four stages. First, Buddha mentioned mindful of your in breath, long in breath and long out breath. Of course, first you start with breathing, huh? breathing in, breathing out, breathing in, breathing out. As your mindfulness develops, you will know. 
sometimes the in-breath is long. Sometimes the out-breath is long. And the second stage is aware of short in-breath or short out-breath. Have you noticed just now? Yes, okay. Then you pass the second stage. <laughs> now we come to third stage. Buddha said, mindful of the whole breath body. What does it mean? When you breathe in, there is starting middle and the end of the in-breath. And when you breathe, breathe out, there is starting middle and the end of out-breath. However, beginning, middle, and the end of the breath does not mean you follow the breath up to the head or down to the abdomen, if it's out-breath. Huh? You may think beginning is here, middle is chest, and end is in the abdomen. It does not mean that. Huh? It means or end, beginning, middle, and end, or under the nostril. Your awareness should not leave the nostril here. So beginning, middle, and the end, the end of in-breath and out-breath still under the nostril. You, do you notice just now the beginning, middle, and the end of the breath? Yes, good. This is the third stage. Buddha mentioned. And the fourth stage is coming the breath. Coming the breath because I have said in this morning when the breath is gross, you cannot develop deep concentration. So in order to develop deep concentration, you have to calm your breath. Make your breath Subtle. How? You incline your mind. If, it, in fact, huh, when you develop concentration, the breath automatically becomes subtle. But if it does not become subtle, you incline your mind. May my breath become subtle. May my breath become subtle. Then your breath will gradually become subtle. It becomes so subtle that somebody cannot feel the breath at all. When a meditator cannot feel the breath, then the doubt arises. She or he might think, am I alright or not? Why there's no breath? But you must have faith that you are still alive, right? So you must have a breath. Why you cannot feel the breath? Because the breath it becomes so subtle and yet your mindfulness is not precise. Your mindfulness is not precise enough to catch the breath. That is the only reason you cannot feel the breath. So when you cannot feel the breath, don't let the doubt block your progress. Okay? You believe that I'm still alive, 
It's just that the weakness of my mindfulness that I cannot catch the breath. So at this moment, there are two ways to overcome this problem. Number one, you can breathe in slightly to let the breath clear to you a little bit only, not that much. Huh? If you breathe very deeply to make clear the breath, your concentration will gone, go away because the breath becomes so gross. So you should only breathe slightly to let your mindfulness feel the breath. Then your mind has the object to anchor on. This one way. Another way is you strengthen your mindfulness. More precisely, watch the breath. Or you can keep your awareness or mindfulness on the spot under the nostril and wait for the breath to become clear to you. But somebody while waiting here, the mind becomes restless. So I don't think this is good for you. So you either strengthen your mindfulness or you breathe a little bit to let the breath come clear a little bit slightly. Okay. So after that, uh, your mind become very steady, stay on the subtle breath. Now, at this moment, the wonderful thing may appear. Uh, the light may come. Seeing the light. Anyone see the light yet? One, two, very good. When you first see the light, what do you think? <laughs> do you think that is it correct or wrong? Or is my imagination, am I out of my mind? <laughs> okay, so today I'm going to tell you this wonderful experience. I have to tell you because if you keep on practicing Anapanasati, you will reach that point. And that is very important experience for your progress. Why I say so? I will relate to you one, uh, one of meditators' experiences, huh? her experience. While I was in Bhavana, Bhavana's uh, society in West Virginia during my 10 days retreat one of the female meditators wrote me a letter and she said that when I practicing mindfulness of breathing I experience brilliant light and my body becomes so light like having no weight floating you know? And I don't have the sense of self. There's no self. And I lose my appetite to eat because my body is, is suffused with rupture. This is correct experience huh? if you have concentration. However, I think she has no enough good karma <laughs> to meet with correct teacher. So she keep on asking other people ask, you know, is it this experience correct or, or wrong? And her friend told her, you are crazy. Oh, okay. Then she asked another person, 
another person told her, you are crazy. And asked third person, fourth person, fifth person, sixth person, everyone told her she was crazy. And finally, she thought, I might be crazy. So she ended up in psychiatry hospital. What a loss. No? I have so much compassion for her when I read her letter. Not only that. And she, after she came out from this psychiatry hospital, in order to forget her experience, which is extraordinary, and she said that I cannot live in America without a self. <laughs> she said, selfless is not acceptable in American culture. So in order to find back the self, she indulged herself in alcohol, drugs, intoxicants, sexual misconduct, and all sorts of unwholesome, unskillful actions. This, this is what she wrote to me. After 20 years, she met with Mante Kunaratana, and she related her experience to, to him again. And Mante told her, your experience was were correct, true. You can imagine how she feel. How she feel huh? after 20 years. She already neglected her meditation. And she, she performed so many unwholesome skills, unwholesome or unskillful action that blocked her progress already. So because of what she related to me, that gave me, that remind me that when I teach Anapanasati, I have to tell the participants, you will encounter light. So that uh, when you practice, keep on practicing Anapanasati, and one day you see the light, you know you are right, you are okay, you are not out of mind, you are not crazy. It's very important. Uh, for me to share with you. I will explain to you later. Huh? Mm. So, now, why the light appear during meditation? Because of concentration. Huh? Concentration produces light. Wisdom also produces light. Joy also produces light. When I give a Dhamma talk in, in one in Canada, another one in Australia, because of the happiness I have while sharing the Dhamma with the audience, my body also emits light. And the audience saw my light. At the time, I'm so happy I didn't see my light. <laughs> but audience can see my light. So from what the audience reported to me, I understand, huh? joy, happiness also can produce light. And concentration produced light is definitely. Huh? I have been a teacher for so long time, and I follow my teacher for so long time, huh? uh, conducting this mindfulness of breathing. So many people reported, they see the light. 
So to us, it's not something extraordinary. So from the yogi's experience, uh, just now, uh, I mentioned just now, I wish you that when you have extraordinary experience, don't tell ordinary person. They cannot guide you. They not only cannot guide you, they give you wrong information that you think is true and you end up in suffering. You've got to seek for a correct teacher. Right? It, during Buddha's time, many monks in order to, or many persons, many people, in order to seek for a correct teacher, they wander throughout the whole India just to seek for teacher. It's better to seek for correct teacher rather than simply ask ordinary people. Okay, bear in mind this important point. Huh? Okay, so light. Huh? So when the mind becomes very subtle, concentration becomes very deep, you will see the light. Different types of light. First, it may like flashing. Flash, flash. Then, one second, two second, gone already. You may not believe it's true because it passed away so fast. But as you keep on concentrate your mind on the breath, it comes back. It comes back again, this time lasts for 3 seconds, 4 seconds, 5 seconds or 10 seconds. Some people experience like the star sparkling. Some people experience like sunlight, like this sunlight. Some people experience like, like color, purple color, gray color, yellow color. So different people experience differently. Some people like spot only. Some people as a whole. So different people experience differently because the light is produced by one's perception. Since everyone's perception is different, then the light appears differently to different people. So if you ask other people, uh, my light is like that, another person, no, 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 my light is like that, <laughs> then you end up in confusion. So don't ask. Ask your teacher, okay? Don't ask. <laughs> don't compare your experience with others and don't ask other people. Because her experience may be lower than you. Then how can, you, how can she teach you? How, how can she or he teach you? Huh? Then, I, as I say, different people experience differently. It cannot be the same. No one is the same when they see the light. Okay? So, for beginners, when you first see the light, the mind gets very excited. Huh? And automatically, the mind wants to see the light because of curiosity. What is this? I never experienced before. Huh? Because of curious, curious, then your mind wants to see the light. And the light will say goodbye to you. <laughs> because your mind no more concentrates on the breath. Light is the product of your concentration on the breath. Now, you break the concentration here and you see the light. Of course, the light says goodbye to you. Huh? You are not faithful to the breath. The light will not stay with you. So, after some times, you know not to see the light. Huh? 
However, even you, if you see, seeing when the light appear, if you see the light or without see the light, the light also will disappear because your concentration on the breath is not deep yet. So the light just come, go, come and go. As you keep on you deepening your concentration on the breath, the light will stay longer. Uh, initially, the light appear quite far away from you. Uh, here, 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 not under the nostril. So if the light appear far, far away from you, we call light. We do not call it nimitta. But gradually, the light will come closer here, around the face or under the nose. Ah, this is called nimitta, N-I-M-M-I-T-A, nimitta, the sign of concentration. For those who practice concentration, practice samatha, pure concentration, they will see the light. But many people don't understand this light. When they see the light, they think the mind is out. Uh, the mind is out already because in America or all over the world, very few people practice concentration. More people practice mindfulness. Because of that, you never heard about the light. But we come from Burma, uh, very tradition Buddhist country, and we practice a lot of concentration. And light to earth is not something extraordinary. Light to us is a sign of progress, showing that you have developed certain degree of concentration. That's therefore, the light comes. Have you ever heard the light before? Light, okay. Good. <clears throat> so, when the concentration becomes deep, uh, there are three types of nimitta. First, it appears like grey color. Grey color we call parikkama nimitta, preparation sign. As your concentration deepens, it becomes white, not bright yet, white color, like cotton wool huh? in front of you, like cloud, cotton wool. This is called ukkaha uh, nimitta, learning sign. As you keep on concentrate on the breath again, it comes and goes. It can it come for five minutes, then it goes away. Uh, after that, it comes, then go away. Comes, goes away. Uh, as you keep on concentrating on the breath, it become the light will last, stay longer, stay longer for fifteen minutes, and it will turn to be very brilliant. Radiant, bright, like morning stars, like crystal, like sunshine, become very bright. Some even, uh, it's so bright that you may shed your tears. And because when the light shine on you, you may shed your tears. So somebody feel that the tear is you know, coming down because of this strong light. And sometimes the light appear, you know, like, like something cover your whole face. Not cover, cover the whole face. 
And sometimes the, uh, the nimitta, the sign of concentration, appears like magnetic, uh, like a magnetic pull the mind inside. One of my students reported to me that he experienced a, 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 a light like magnet pull his mind inside. He was so frightened. Then he was so frightened, he pulled the mind out. <laughs> pulled the mind out from the limita. He lost the chance. <laughs> and he, doesn't, he didn't understand what was happening. So he wanted to see me very urgently. Uh, very urgently. So I went to him and he explained to me, I said, very good. Let the mind go into Nimitta. Oh, then he started to understand. Uh, I, he should not pull the mind out of the Nimitta. He said, okay, next time I will let the mind go into Nimitta. Then second day, his mind was so excited, waiting for the Nimitta to come and let the mind go into Nimitta. Unfortunately, uh, this time he practiced with expectation. The mind is tainted. The mind is tainted with defilements. <laughs> the nimitta never happened again. So for the first day, the nimitta never happened to him. The second day, uh, he was practiced with enthusiasm and the nimitta also never come. The third day, he said, Sister, I gave up. <laughs> I gave up. The moment he gave up, the nimitta come again. <laughs> This shows the tricky of the mind. Huh? You cannot expect anything. Just let go of whatever experiences you have. Huh? And we say empty the mind. Huh? Empty the mind, just pay attention on the breath. When the time for the nimitta to come, it will come. It, nimitta will not come because of your expectation. Right? So, the nimitta sometimes will appear like magnet pull the mind in. At this moment, if you experience this, uh, let the mind go into the nimitta. It's very good state. Don't try to pull the mind out. Uh. But if you do not experience this one, don't expect. Uh, Sister say the nimitta like magnet, so you <laughs> wait for the magnet to come. No, everybody experience differently. Please remember. Uh. So, um, when the mind concentration becomes deep, the limita becomes stable. Huh? It does not shake, does not change form, does not shake. It's stable here. If it is stable for 20 minutes, at that time, you can pay attention to this limita rather than your breath. It's called transition, transition period. Huh? Before that, I say, nimitta come, ignore it, ignore it. Then the question comes, when should I pay attention to the nimitta? When the nimitta lasts stable for about 20 minutes, roughly. You don't have to look at the watch. Oh, 20 minutes already. <laughs> no, roughly you know, nimitta is stable. No shake, no change, not disappear. Then you know, okay, this is the right time. I should pay attention to the nimitta. Then forget the breath. Pay attention to the nimitta. Okay. And another thing you might you may experience that sometimes the nimitta will unify together with the breath. Like like milk unified with water. 
when you add water to the milk you cannot differentiate which one is water which one is milk they already blend together we call it unify together so some yogi may experience the nimitta blend together or unify together with the breath now this is the right time right time you should concentrate on the breath on the nimitta no more breath if you concentrate on the breath again then the breath and nimitta will separate again we want them to unify we don't want them to separate okay so if it is unified and this is the right time to concentrate on nimitta and forget the breath if it is not unified after 20 minutes it is the nimitta becomes stable this is also the right time to concentrate on the nimitta then if your mind can concentrate on the nimitta for half an hour at that moment you cannot feel the body you cannot feel the body and some people also get frightened when they cannot feel the body they try to open the eye <laughs> see the body <laughs> why you cannot feel the body because the mind is fully concentrate on the nimitta huh? owing to the power of the concentration you cannot feel the body that is natural so you shouldn't have any doubt huh? and you shouldn't open the eye to see if you open the eye your concentration breaks again so what at that moment when the concentration becomes deep what what you feel only mind and the nimitta only the, only these two things you cannot hear the sound cannot feel the body only mind and nimitta and there's a lot of rapture bliss pleasant feeling happiness then uh, uh, in the beginning because you not yet master the jhana yet so you only can stay the mind only can stay with nimitta for about 20 minutes 30 minutes huh? then the mind then the concentration breaks you feel that you can hear the sound again you can feel the body again however if you pay attention again to the nimitta your mind can go into deep concentration again then you can stay there huh? practice if you practice again and again then you can stay with the nimitta long long hours one hour two hours three hours without feeling any pain in the body the unpleasant sensation you cannot feel any unpleasant sensation sensation in the body because your mind is fully absorbed with the nimitta but after two hours you emerge you emerge from the uh, absorption on this limita then you start to feel pain aching here and there <laughs> because the concentration breaks then you start to feel the sensation in the body this is how people can sit five hours six hours without feeling pain because the mind is fully absorbed on the limita then all the unpleasant sensation is it's not many it is there but the mind cannot feel because the mind is so deep with the nimitta this is the secret okay so when your mind can fully absorb on the nimitta for one hour two hours three hours this is called jhana absorption and we call first jhana huh? and there are five jhana factors in the first jhana 
Number one is called initial application of the mind, vitaka. What it means? It means the mind stay at placing the mind on the limita. It's called vitaka. And number second jhana factor is vichara, sustain application of the mind. When you when you place your attention on the nimitta, it's not enough. You have to sustain your attention on the nimitta, so that the concentration develops. So the number two is called sustain application of the mind, vichara. And number three jhana factor is pity, rapture, joy. You feel a lot, a lot, a lot of. Uh, joy. Uh, the bo- how how you feel the joy? The body becomes so light, and sometimes you experience like goose pimples. Uh, sometimes the electric shock go through the body. Uh, sometimes you feel like floating in the sky. You can check yourself and open the eye. <laughs> you are sit- still sitting on the floor. Uh, it's a manifest. The lightness is a manifestation of joy, rapture. And happiness, now you also will experience happiness. And the last jhana factor is one-pointedness of the mind, which is concentration, because the mind is fully concentrated on the limita. So you experience these five jhana factors when your mind absorbs in the limita for one hour, two hours, three hours, and so on. This is how you can experience jhana. By practicing mindfulness of breathing. However, jhana is not the end of the practice. Jhana is the end of samatha concentration, but it's not the end of the whole practice of Buddha's teaching. Huh? So we must go to vipassana. Insight. How can we use mindfulness of breathing to achieve insight? Okay, in Anapanasati, Buddha say, huh? uh, um, breathing in and breathing out, he is sensitive to mental fabrications or mental formations. How? Okay. When you breathe in and breathe out, who is aware of the breath? Who? Mindfulness. I have told you this morning already. <laughs> Mindfulness, aware of the breath. Mindfulness is called mental fabrication. Okay? And mindfulness alone is not enough to do the work. You need other mental fabrications. Okay, I ask question, you answer. Huh? <laughs> okay, who direct your mind towards the breath? Don't say I. Huh? I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to answer I. There's no I in Buddha's teaching. <laughs> huh? No. Very close. No. Yes, attention. Attention. So without attention, your mind will not come to the breath, right? 
you want to see somebody, you must have attention to see. Only then you can see. So, uh, first, mindful, uh, breath in breath and out breath. So attention, direct your mind towards the breath. And mindfulness only can aware of the breath. Without attention, mindfulness cannot work. Uh, so attention is also mental fabrication. You can feel it, right? Uh, now you, you see must have one attention direct your mind to the breath this is called attention and mindfulness aware of the breath okay these are two mental fabrication you can experience yourself now okay number third who feel the pleasant feeling uh, when you breathe in and out sometimes you have pleasant feeling right when the breath goes smoothly you feel pleasant so who, who feel the pleasant feeling Who? Body. Body. <laughs> <laughs> now we are all talking mental fabrication. Awareness? Huh? Awareness? No. Awareness only aware of the breath. Who feel the pleasant feeling associated with the breath? Consciousness. Consciousness. The, the characteristic of consciousness is just know the breath. Cannot feel. Consciousness has no ability to feel the pleasant feeling. Huh? The mind. The mind is too general. <laughs> we want precise one. Perception? Perception is perceived. Perception cannot feel. <laughs> if I tell you the answer, is it ah oh my gosh. Feeling, of course. Feeling feels. <laughs> so who feel the pleasant feeling associated with in-breath and out-breath? Feeling. Feeling itself. Huh? So you should not mix up perception with feeling. Huh? Neither, neither uh, 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 feeling with consciousness. You've got to understand each one very clearly in order to make your inside knowledge clear. Okay? So first, uh, breathing in, breathing out. This attention, direct your mind to the breath. Right? Then, mindfulness, another mental fabrication, aware of the breath. And feeling, another mental fabrication, feel the pleasantness of the breath. And who perceive the breath? Perception. Uh, so, another mental fabrication of perception, perceive this is in breath, Perceive this is our breath. Okay. Then who try to know the breath? Try, try, try hard, try hard as well. Who? Who try hard? Ego. Huh? Effort, right. Trying hard is effort. So you should not identify effort is I. Right? Trying hard is the characteristic of effort only. Effort is only mental fabrication. Effort is not I, it's not a person. So, who try hard? Effort trying hard to know the breath. Who know the breath? Who know the breath? Consciousness, right. Consciousness know the breath. Huh? 
So these are the few mental fabrication. Huh? They are more than more than that. If you want to know, I can explain. If you don't want to know, we stop here. <laughs> you want to know more? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> they are all thirty-four. <laughs> okay. Another one. Uh, who? Huh? I say who. You don't think it's a, a person, huh? Uh, who? Uh, uh, who? Uh, Okay, who create the karma? When the mind, eh? when the mind is stay with the breath, this is called wholesome karma, right? Because at the, at this moment, the mind is free from all corruption, free from greed, free from jealousy, free from anger, free from delusion, eh? and the good karma is is performed. Eh? So, which mental formation that that uh, that create, uh, that perform the good karma while the mind is working on the breath. Dharma, dharma is no mental uh, is not considered mental fabrication, right? Volition. Buddha say volition means karma. So when you have good volition to keep the mind on here, you are performing good karma. So it's volition, huh? Volition here. Then who sustain? Who sustain the mind on this breath again and again? Persistent, or we call sustained application of the mind, which are nah? sustained application of the mind, which are okay. Then another one. Uh, another one is who make the. Uh, because of coming of the breath, uh, the breath touches the the body sensitivity here. I know you finished. You already know the answer. <laughs> yes, contact. There's one mental fabrication we call contact. Uh, because of that contact, that consciousness start to aware of the breath, start to know. Without that contact, feeling cannot feel. Consciousness cannot know. Mindfulness cannot aware. So contact is very important. Huh? Without this, the breath contact the body sensitivity on the skin here. Nah, you cannot, feeling cannot, other mental fabrication cannot work. Contact is called pasa. Pasa, huh? And this contact, contact is uh, got usually we refer to mental contact. Huh? Uh, no, no, the breath. Okay, I think that much enough. If not, I confuse you. <laughs> okay, all these are mental fabrication. When you come to practice of mindfulness of breathing, when you go back home or when later on you want to try, you can try. Huh? You will understand, oh, this is attention. Oh, this is feeling. Huh? You breathe in, breathe out. At the same time, try to mindful of your mind. In fact, I'm going to teach tomorrow also. Huh? Mindful of your mind. Oh, you understand this attention. Oh, this is effort. Oh, this is mindfulness. Oh, this is volition. Oh, this is uh, consciousness. Oh, this is contact. Ah, this is called in Anapanasati Sutta, Buddha say, breathing in and breathing out, he is sensitive to mental fabrication. This is how Buddha taught. Now, this is what Buddha taught in Anapanasati Sutta. And you continue breathe in and breathe out. And, but 
but you pay attention to the mental fabrication, then you will see attention, feeling, contact, perception, all are impermanent. They come, for example, you breathe in. Huh? You breathe in, there's one attention or there's one mindfulness. Breathe out is another attention, another mindfulness. It's not the same attention. It's not the same mindfulness. It's not the same consciousness. You can, after that, you can try yourself. Huh? Then another breath in, another attention, another mindfulness, another breath out, a different attention, different mindfulness. It's not the same effort, not the same mindfulness, not the same consciousness. They are changing all the time. Therefore, Buddha in Anapanasati say, he breathed in and breathed out, contemplating impermanence. Huh? Breathing in and breathing out, he contemplate impermanence. He contemplate inconsistency. This is how. How he contemplate impermanent. Not because of breath in, out, impermanent, in, out. No, this type of impermanence is very gross, not subtle. Huh? So contemplate impermanent, uh, mean contemplate all the mental fabrication I have shared with you just now. Contemplate, see it, realize it, they are impermanent. They are not the same. And finally, Buddha said, uh, breathing in and breathing out, contemplate cessation, relinquishment, cessation. Uh, how? When you contemplate impermanence of mental fabrication. Uh, gradually you understand without breath, without all this mental fabrication is the best. It's the best. So you incline the mind. Uh, incline the mind for the cessation of your breath, for the cessation of all the mental fabrication. This is called this is what Buddha say. Breathing in and breathing out, he contemplate cessation. Of course, it cannot cease, cease there, but you incline the mind towards cessation. And if your perfection is uh, matured, we call parami, uh, if your, uh, your insight is matured, by contemplate this impermanence of mental fabrication, you will reach Dibbana. It depends on the maturity of your insight only. So this is how by using mindfulness of breathing, you can achieve jhana and you can achieve insight knowledge until the attainment of Dibbana. However, I want to make clear one point. Just now I mentioned Tiana first, then you shift to inside knowledge. Huh? My opinion is you don't have to wait until you achieve Tiana, then shift to inside knowledge or shift to Vipassana, not necessary. Huh? If you have been practicing Anapanasati for many years and you can, you can reach a, a state of calmness, even though you have not reached Tiana, you still can discern all the mental fabrication I shared just now, the attention, consciousness, contact, feelings, perception, volitions, effort, huh? and attention. You can 
listen when the mind start to come then you go to listen all this mental fabrication and see their impermanency see their inconsistency then you understand anicca buddha said impermanence anicca breathing in breathing out he contemplate impermanence okay so any question we have 15 minutes more for discussion yes The, the mental fabrication, the mental fabrication, I say, all the volition, all this is the object. But the mind see is impermanent. See is impermanent, impermanent, impermanent. Yeah. Later on, you only see impermanent. No more mental fabrication, only impermanent. Ah, that, that impermanent become the object. Okay. Yes. Closed. All the time. Huh? We in Asia we never meditate with open eyes. But when I come to USA, many people ask me, should I close or open the eye? Of course, close. <laughs> why you? Why should you ask? <laughs> when you open the eye, I see the visible object, and it becomes the distraction for the mind. Therefore, you must close the eyes. <laughs> A cessation uh, when you contemplate uh, impermanence uh, of all the mental fabrication and the in-breath and out-breath then you will come to the understanding having all this mental fabrication is the mind is not peaceful having all this mental fabrication is not peaceful without them without all this mental fabrication or with the cessation of all this mental fabrication is the peace because santi sukha is the peace so and the mind start to understand huh? cessation is the eternal peace and then you incline the mind to the cessation of all mental fabrication you just incline but whether you can reach the cessation the real cessation or not it depends on the maturity of your insight. Okay? To the to the body, to the hot heat. To what aversion to what? That restlessness because of the heat. They must have reason for the restlessness.
always worry. This is called doubt. So, uh, first, when come to meditation, you experience this heat. Huh? It's normal, no normal. Why? Because when you are meditating, huh? the qi Chinese we call qi, huh? the qi flowing very well. So it warms up the body. In fact, it's good for health. Huh? So it's very normal when you when come normal when you come to meditation you feel hotter than before because of the flowing the chi flowing very well. That's why those who meditate have long life. Huh? Good complexion, long life because of the chi flowing well. So it should be the good sign, right? But for certain people, because their body is is already hot, plus the chi moving so well it becomes unbearable. Uh, become too much uh, and your mind is reactive to the heat element uh, your mind is reactive tomorrow I'm going to, to teach how to, how to train the mind not to react you see your reaction one after another from your report you know first heat then you react become restless then aversion to the restless then fear then worry then doubt <laughs> one by one come <laughs> so your mind is reacting yeah? When the mind is reacting, there's no concern, there's no meditation anymore. You are reacting. Huh? So tomorrow I will tell you how not to react to the, all this mental state. All this mental state are, to me, uh, is not a real one. Not real, unreal one. It is real only at that moment. If you can let go of it at that very moment, it will not affect you. But it affects us. Uh, why? Because we grasp to it, we grasp it as mine. That's why it starts to affect you one after another. The reformer comes one after another. So if you cannot wait until tomorrow, I teach you now. <laughs> you just look at it. Huh? All this emotion come come from the heart here. Okay. So you just put your attention at the heart here. Then first uh, uh, restless come. Don't train the mind, just uh, stand back, uh, stand back, let the mind go back, stand back and look at it. Don't think this emotion is yours. Uh, so restless come, no. Uh, don't hold on to it. The mind don't hold on to it. Let it go, let it go, let it go, like passing cloud in the sky. When you see the cloud in the sky, you are not going to hold on, uh, stay, stay, right? You just let it go. You just aware, observe, and let it come, let it go, right? Using that attitude. Uh, so you stand back, restless, come, you know, let it go. Your mind must willing to let it go, let it go. Then another fear, let it go, let it go. You stay, stand back, let it go. And another worry, let it go, let it go. Another doubt, let it go, let it go. So all this, if you can let it go like that, all this emotion, emotion will not affect you. Just a passing cloud in the sky, right? This is how I, I can treat, how I regard my emotion. Then finally, uh, when everything, go, everything goes away, then you check back again. They leave no trace in your heart. All these emotions, fear, 
worry, doubt, anger, aversion, restlessness, leaving no trace in the heart. Uh, just like you draw, you write a word on the sand, on the beach, when you go, go to a beach, uh, you write something, you write a word, they say fear on the sand, uh, and the wave come and sweep away, sweep away the fear. Then you look again, the word of fear, no more there. Right? Similarly, huh? when fear arises in you, yes, you write down the word fear on the sand. But when the wave sweeps away, you try to look at the fear again, it's no more there already. So if you can sit back, huh? stand back and look at your emotion and let one by one go, 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 go. Then after that, you try to trace back the fear, the aversion you have just now, you find no, no trace in your heart. This is called freedom of the heart. I will teach tomorrow <laughs> more. <laughs> okay. okay, any other question? Yes. We pass on now. Mm. We, so we shouldn't, when we're practicing on the breath, we, sh we should just be ignoring the mental formations. That's why I say, first you practice samatha, then we pass on now. In Anapanasati, Buddha teach 16. 16. The first four is samatha. Huh? And uh, the rest all inside. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, last question. Mm. Okay. Good, good, good. He aware the body in the body means breath. Breathing is called breath body. Huh? And this breath body is composed of four elements. Earth element, water element, fire element, and wind element. Huh? So this is uh, breath also four element, body also four element. And this breath arises depend on the body. So he's aware, he's aware body as body, not body as I. Right? If you say body as I, then it's the wrong view. Body as body, or body as four element, or four element as four element. Mind as mind, not mind as I. This is very important to stress body as body, not body as mind. Body as I, <laughs> body as myself. Uh, this to differentiate that body, just body, not I, not myself. Earth element, water element, fire element, and wind element. Mm. The, the nimitta is, uh, let's say, triangle. Huh? Then you look at the bawanga here. The nimitta will reflect in the bawanga here. Bawanga mind is like mirror. So you can see the nimitta reflect from here. This is called reflect the jhana factors. Number two, the two the second mastery you must uh, you must 
be able to enter into jhana whenever you wish. They say within five minutes, I want to enter in the, into jhana. I can. Only, only then we say you master the jhana. If I say I want to enter into jhana within five minutes, after one hour you still cannot enter into jhana. No mastery yet. Okay. Then you must also make a determination. I want to emerge from the jhana within half an hour, or five minutes, or one hour, or two hours. So exactly two hours you will emerge from the jhana. You don't have to do anything. Or one hour, if you make a determination one hour, then immediately one hour you enter into jhana. Hey, sorry, you emerge from the jhana. So you've got to master this, we call five mastery. Okay. Any other question? <laughs> I put a hand to absorb the universal energy. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's just a habit. But also, also because our palm here are very sensitive towards universal energy. So at the same time, you know, we also can take in the energy. You can do like that, you can do like that, as you like. Any other question? If you want to know more about my teaching, you can go to sialesusila.org. Then you can know more about my teaching. Write any book. Yeah. Yes. One is coming up uh, Unraveling the Mystery of Mind and Body through Abhidhamma. It's coming up. Maybe another one month. Uh, you can go Amazon.com. But that is a very profound book. And also, I talk about all the jhana from the very uh, uh, beginning, Anapanasati up to the jhana, then go to inside knowledge. Is every yogi capable of entering all eight jhanas? Eight jhana is a bit difficult. Okay. But first jhana, it, it, it depends on few factors. Huh? For a person, if he want to attain jhana, it depends on few factors. Number one, the most important one is correct instruction. Let's say, uh, in the very beginning I ask you, do you follow the breath? Many people say, yes, follow, following the breath. If you're following the breath, it becomes very difficult to develop deep concentration. Then the, to attain jhana becomes difficult. So the correct instruction is most important. And to have correct instruction, it depends on the teachers, huh? teachers' experience. You know? In other words, to meet with correct teacher is very important in order to attain jhana. Second, your past perfection. In Pali, we call parami. Parami means that in your past life, 
Uh, in um, American, many do not believe in past life. But whether you believe or not, uh, it depends on your past life experience. If in your past life you have practiced Anapanasati before and have attained jhana, this lifetime, when you meet with correct teacher uh, and practice with correct instruction, within one month or two weeks, you can attain jhana. So this is the second factor. The third factor is effort. Uh, if the teacher teach you correct method uh, and you have good parami in the past, but you stand there, never move, <laughs> no effort, no effort to practice, you also cannot attain jhana. So these three factors are very important. Uh, meeting with correct teacher, your past perfection, and your effort in this present life. The teacher can know after two weeks or one month. Some, some, uh, some people, even one sitting, they can see the light. Then immediately, if she report to the teacher, the teacher immediately know he has good parami. He's practiced in the past. Very quick, the teacher will know. Persistent and the correct understanding of the instruction. Uh, correct understanding of the instruction is very important. Uh, but uh, no, uh, without uh, you may think somebody may you know, uh, excuse it that I have no past parami. Uh, don't say that. If you don't have past parami, you would not be here today. Right? If you don't have past parami, you will not be interested in meditation. So all of you have past parami. Just that quick or slow only. <laughs> some quicker, some slower. <laughs> and also depend on your own mental reformance. Many more people have more reformance than less that become <laughs> progress becomes slow. You know? If they can cleanse the the reformance <laughs> faster, then he makes good progress. Yeah. Um, you mentioned this morning to cultivate concentration requires mm -hmm. a lot of time, yes, um, requires yes. sustained effort. Mm -hmm. Yes. If you have a daily practice where mm -hmm. you say you meditate for a half hour or an hour every day, mm -hmm. do you recommend that one during that daily practice of uh, practice concentration, um, even though it's for a limited Okay, good question. Huh? I suggest, I, I, my recommendation, huh? I suggest you, if you want to practice, I suggest you to practice concentration during formal sitting. While you are moving around, you can practice vipassana. Huh? Vipassana, you don't have to stand, sit still. But concentration is better to sit still. 
and I recommend you practice two hours per day. 20 minutes not enough. Half an hour not enough. <laughs> one more, one hour in the morning, one hour in the evening. But if you can sit, stretch, one stretch, two hours, the best. Because concentration, you have to sit long in order to go into very deep concentration. In the beginning, it's a struggle with the restlessness, uh, with the thought, with the unpleasant feeling. And when the mind starts to come up, one hour already, <laughs> it's wasted. So you have to sit very long. So in your daily practice, two hours. This two hours is just to maintain. Maintain. Uh. Then once a while, you should go for longer retreat. Ten days retreat, two weeks retreat, one month retreat. So if you can maintain practice regularly, two hours per day, when you go for retreat, you, will, you can make very good progress. But if you don't have maintenance, like you stay in the apartment, you have to pay maintenance. Huh? <laughs> so to, to make sure your spiritual progress, you also have to pay time maintenance, not money maintenance. Pay time to maintain your spiritual path, two hours a day. And then after that you go for a long retreat, you make very good progress. But if you don't have this regular maintenance, then you want to go for a retreat, oh, it's, even you cannot sit for long, one hour, struggling, because you are not used to the long sitting and a lot of pain, a lot of restlessness, because you have never paid time maintenance. So this maintenance practice regularly is very essential. And also, it makes your mind very clear throughout the day. Now, if you practice one hour in the morning, then throughout the day, the mind is very clear. The clarity of the mind helps you in your work, helps you to cope with your emotions. It's very useful. Huh? Even if you feel that you are, you are not making any progress uh, every day, but don't think that. It helps a lot. Helps your health, helps the clarity of the mind, if you, not because you have to work. That clarity of mind helps you to make better decisions. And also you can cope with many emotions state. The mind wouldn't react so far because of the sustaining of the concentration. Okay? Can a person attain job without seeing what? In my uh, Burma tradition, Pao tradition, huh? we usually attain jhana only with the nimitta. Nimitta we call sign of concentration. The mind absorbs into patibhaga nimitta, only then this person attain jhana. This is according to Visuddhi Manga. And this is what our monastery practice. So, can a person attain jhana without light? I cannot answer you because I do not practice that way. We practice jhana with the nimitta. But if you don't have light, you, don't, you should not feel uh, upset or disappointed because my opinion, without jhana, you still can move on to vipassana. Vipassana is most important. No? Jhana concentration is important because concentration makes the insight very penetrative. Some people, they say, uh, just concentrate on the breath for a long time. She or he can say the body become bubbles. 
bubbling, vibrating. The body, you know, become like full of particles arising and passing away. Just by concentrating on the breath, she can see. Why? Because Buddha say, concentrated mind, see things as they really are. So without developed concentration first, how can you see all this body become particles, vibrating or bubbling or arising and passing away? However, you don't have to reach jhana in order to see things as they really are. So even if you don't have light, forget it, never mind. <laughs> okay? Any other question? Okay. Yeah, it's a state of concentration, a state of deep, deep concentration. At that time, the mind, let's say nimitta here, huh? like here, the mind like unified together with the nimitta, then you cannot hear the sound, cannot feel the body, there's no uh, any bodily sensation, no pain at all, just mind with the nimitta, that state, and you can sustain that state for very long. Jhana? J H A N A, Pali word. Yes. Mm -hmm. Equanimity in in what sense? In, if you because economy is very wide, so I spent now I narrow down. Huh? If I narrow down to the jhana, we have four jhana. Huh? First jhana, vitaka and vichara, application of the mind and sustaining application of mind are very prominent. Second jhana, rapture is very strong, huh? very very prominent. This is how we know which jhana you are in. That we have four jhana. So how a person can know he is in the first jhana or second jhana or third jhana or fourth jhana, right? So in the second jhana rapture, you know, body very light and you know, feel of joy. Then you know maybe this is a second jhana. And the third jhana, happiness. Happiness is very prominent. Huh? But rapture and happiness is still emotional. Fourth jhana, equanimity, a state of equanimity. No, this uh, emotional state. Although happiness is good, but it still belongs to emotional side. Huh? But equanimity, the mind is so calm, no emotion at all. That is considered highest state. It's different from the happiness. Okay? Okay, any other question? Yes. Would, would you equate equanimity with peace? Uh, uh, it's a bit different. Equanimity of mind is not, does not cling to anything in the world. Peace is, is it's a bit different. Mm -hmm. 
Equanimity, the time, the, the mental fabrication of equanimity is very strong. Neither like or neither dislike. Okay. Any other questions? Then we should end here, 5.30. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.